They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, here once again with my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, CK and Joe Rodermill. You know it. <laughs> and the voice that runs the place, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the European champion, Bangor, Maine's favorite son, Alo Aaron Lloyd. Welcome back. Not only is his favorite son, but probably the only wrestling fan in Bangor, Maine. <laughs> Clearly, he's the only we'll wrestling one. fan. Yes. Just, it takes one. He is not leaving Bangor, Maine until we get one listener from the state of Maine. 33 states, 21 countries, none of them from the state of Maine. Listen, you listen to the podcast, I'll buy some uh, some, some, some some lobster rolls from you. I'll go up to Maine, get some lobster rolls. Can I have one? Maybe some chatter. Can I have one of those lobster rolls, please? Yes, you can. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we are here with no pay-per-view to preview or review, which is very odd and strange. Uh, I'll mention right off at the top. Keep your ears open for another Throwback Madness Road to WrestleMania. It will release on Monday uh, with the same three guys here. Um, I think out of addiction, I, I, I reviewed a couple pay-per-views before I came here. Just, <laughs> <laughs> That's all you do is review yeah, old I, I just didn't review old pay-per-views now. I don't know. I can't, I can't stop. I'm, I'm addicted. Yeah. Uh, Monday Night Raw this week. Obviously, we're building for the last couple weeks to get into WrestleMania. <clears throat> I thought there were some real highs on this week's Raw. And many lows. Uh, yeah, I would not say it was a good show, <laughs> but I'll say there were some highs. Um, we have Some good. Yeah, we have Mick Foley and Steph getting more and more at odds every week. Her coming down harder and harder on Mick every week. Uh, she put him on the spot saying, you're going to have to fire someone tonight. Someone on this roster is going to have to be fired before you leave tonight. Um, he did everything he could to delay it. She suggested Sami Zayn. Um, she dropped a hint. Yeah. As much as he tried to delay it and make it not happen, she forced him on the spot. Um, they eventually end the show in the ring together, and he says one name jumped out at me, and that's Stephanie McMahon. I don't think I was expecting that. I thought he was going to fire himself. That's what I, I thought he was just going to quit. Um, I thought he was just going to name some obscure wrestler that no one's seen in a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. I thought it was a good twist because of what it led to. I mean, he called her out saying, you don't respect these superstars. These are people. He brought up the whole thing that he said, like, I have to believe you that you didn't know what your husband was doing. Because if you did know, that makes you a really good liar and a really bad person. He basically said, that is what you are. She says, Mick, like, I don't want you to have to see how bad I really am. Which leads to her husband, Triple H, making his entrance. Two cheers is what it sounded like to me. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is funny. Um, I have to say to you, the last six minutes of Raw... I actually got choked up a couple times. Compelling TV. I will tell you why. One, seeing Mick just get run down. Like, there's there's not many more sympathetic characters than current day Mick Foley. Like, he's so lovable. Obviously, he has to walk, limp around. and Like, you feel for the guy. Triple H just killing him on the microphone was kind of hard to watch at times. 
But when he went to leave the ring and he stopped in the corner, Perfect. I said, do not tell me I'm going to see Mr. Sacco tonight. Oh, you knew it. And lo and behold, he hits him with Mr. Sacco. I definitely popped for that. Just the camera angle, because yeah. Triple H is like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, he, he looked off the corner of his mm-hmm. eye. He looked, the, he looked like that beaten boy in the corner of the room. Yeah. You knew Sacco was coming. Yeah, it almost looked like the end of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, he didn't want um, to turn around. Yeah, it was, it was great to see. Then Steph hits him with the low blow as Triple H starts to undress for what I assume was going to be a pretty vicious beating on Mick. And then Seth's music hits. And this was the second part that got me choked up because the reaction he got coming out when he held up the crutch, like, I don't need this thing, the reaction that got, and then just seeing that whole thing unfold. Seth Rollins carried this company on his back for, like, almost two years when there was not a whole lot else good going on. And I've talked about this before, how I feel like they've they've made him almost meaningless on the show. Like, he's been pushed so far in the background, he deserves so much better than that. And just watching this segment, I'm like, Seth Rollins is back. Like, as far as, like, he's back in the ring in action. Clearly... He would not have been getting put in any kind of holds on that leg or getting hit with a crutch on that leg. He got hit pretty viciously. Yeah, if his crutch. knee was not up to it. Yeah, and the dirt she's just saying, well, Seth Rollins isn't really clear for in the ring. I'm like, look, he got hit with the crutch. He got put in, in the leg lock. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. So that, I was like, he's back physically. But also, I felt like from a character standpoint, he's back. Like, they're ready. They're pulling the trigger on him right now. And as much as Triple H. You know, like we said before, he didn't do what he set out to do with Roman. Like, Roman was not any more popular. He was not over anymore when Triple H got done with him. He is going to be that for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins will be right back on that perch after WrestleMania and this. Because they told eight months' worth of story in four minutes last night. Everything we haven't gotten to see all this time between those two, they told that story in that last second. They unleashed it, and it was... Epic TV. I, I loved every minute of this. Yeah. And, you know, am, am I overselling it, Ayla? No, you're not. You're not <laughs> even his shirt. Perfect. Kingslayer. Uh, King, I, I, I think that was when I started to get choked up. Mm-hmm. When I saw Kingslayer, I was like, oh my God, the King of Kings, and he's the Kingslayer. Like, we have Seth Rollins. Were you, were you a little torn between this? Because, I mean, he, he is kind of calling out your boy. King oh, no. Slayer. No, you know, you're good. No, he, Triple H deserves it. Triple H deserves it because I'm still watching this as a show. I love Triple H, though, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still watching this as a show. For, like, <coughs> Triple H rolling Foley. Well, well Steph, I like Foley standing for Stephanie because Stephanie's yeah. been belittling him for months now. And she had it coming. Yeah, she she and she really legit had it coming. Mm-hmm. I, like, I thought Foley was going to go fire himself and take the easy way out. And Stephanie rolled him that way. And she, like, there's no, we still got, we still have a cliffhanger that's going to happen with Foley, too, because they didn't say anything about Foley. Foley got beat up and then. That's the last he saw Foley on, Foley on Raw. Triple H rolling him, perfect. I, th- I thought it was perfect that Triple H mentioned his kids because, you know, Dewey's, a, Dewey's a, like a, a junior writer or whatever mm-hmm. backstage. Noel wants to be a superstar. That was a great touch to yeah. bring his kids into Yeah, to, to, make him more, to make it really personal for, for Foley. And the whole Seth thing, Triple H said that whole Seth thing was perfect because remember I said a few months m- 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 back, Seth Rollins' <laughs> babyface is incomplete. Because mm-hmm. we don't know what it is, and I haven't cared for Seth Rollins for months because he's been doing nothing. Like I like Seth Rollins, but there's nothing for me to there was nothing for me to care about. Mm-hmm. But now this whole Bayface thing is in full turn because this hit every emotional level. Because you got 
the the crowd the crowd pop the excitement for him for his return and the pop for when he threw the crutch down and then you get the sympathy for Triple H destroying him yeah. and Triple H being the last man standing on Raw. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you think I'm overselling this at all, Joey? No, I think you're underselling it. <laughs> I think they need a little more madness. <laughs> but you said this was compelling. It's very compelling, and it's probably the match I'm looking forward to most um, close second to Jericho Owens. Yeah, see, now, I'm glad you brought that up, because we have that is what I've considered to be the best story of the year for WWE, which is why I thought they should pay it off with the Universal Championship, and not Bill and Brock. Um, But, yeah, like I said, this story last night, like, they told this whole story in that segment last night. Like you don't, you almost don't even need to see them for two weeks. Yeah, like, so, that was enough. Yeah, because we got eight months of six, <laughs> six seven months of, of trash mm-hmm. and for, and terrible writing and, and four minutes of and gold. Four minutes, we got four minutes of gold. <laughs> Which is kind of the, uh, it's almost how raw is. <laughs> we get, you know, maybe six minutes of gold every night, and then two minutes, two yeah. hours and fifty-four minutes. The closing segment of crap. is 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 usually the best part of the show. Yeah, the, you stick this around. Was, you got to stick around the whole. Two hours and fifty minutes to get the get to the bottom. Yeah, but it, it it was worth it. This was awesome. This is I'm not gonna put it up there with the Festival of Friendship because I don't oh, no. a whole other level. But this was one of the top segments Raw has done in 2017. I thought I thought it was great. Got me super excited for that match. Uh, got me super excited to see what's gonna happen with this after WrestleMania. Like I can't wait to see how this goes and where they go with it. Uh, we brought up Owens and Jericho. Uh, Owens cut a great promo for the one-month anniversary of the That's Festival perfect. of Friendship. <laughs> the, way, the fact that he just reminded us that was exactly a month yeah. ago, I thought that was a great heel tactic. I, I didn't perfect. think it was in a month ago. It didn't feel like it. It didn't. It didn't. I, I was surprised that that, that was the case. Um, he says that Jericho never considered me his best friend either. He just got close to me because he'd be close to the title. Um, I got to him before he got to me, which, again, I love this. Like, the heel having, like, an actual legitimate point of view on this whole thing. Um, Him, you know, excusing Goldberg didn't beat me. Jericho did. Did you write that for him? I... I may have. <laughs> I can, I'm not at liberty to say, but I may have consulted on that line of agreement. dialogue. Yes. Uh, he even threw out a Tears of Jericho. Cry, cry it out, out man. <laughs> awesome. Um, and who needs a best friend when you have a destroyer? I thought that was perfect great too. Um, you are. I know we've talked about this a lot, and I can't remember if you've been on the show and we discussed it. We we said we wanted to see like NXT Kevin Owens. Back again. Yeah, this is the Kevin. Clearly, Owens. we have him. It's the Kevin Owens you expected when he won that title that night. The way he did. This is the mm-hmm. Owens you kind of thought there was. And I said it even when we were kind of like cheering on the Jericho Owens friendship. I wanted to see more of the Universal Title and the more of the Owen that Owens, which we weren't getting. Yeah. Does this is it is Kevin Owens' character right now part of what's making you look forward to this match so much? Part of it, yeah, it's a huge part of it. Plus the storyline that they built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I care about Kevin Owens a lot more than I have in, I don't know, was it been? Probably three or four months. Three or four months, yeah. He was he was kind of taking a backseat to Jericho for a while. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, outside of the, him winning that title the way he did, and I was looking forward to see where they went with it, I wasn't as in, in, intrigued with Kevin Owens till now. Yeah. I know, Alo, you're happy with this. Yeah, I was happy with it because we didn't get much, but 
we got just enough that what we needed because said so you, you you touched on the whole promo before the match. I thought I thought it was great. The lights dimmed and were mm-hmm. all on him. I thought that was perfect. And the whole Goldberg, you didn't beat me. Jericho beat me. Perfect line. Does this go to Vince Russo's? If you want somebody to be a star, like make them look like a star, and that makes you look like a star when you got a spotlight on. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> he could take credit for. It. Yeah, and right and Ryback thinks Goldberg took his spot. Yeah, but we'll get yeah. But um, this this we got. Little, but we didn't need much from this because the story's already there. And I like that Jerk, I mean, um, Owens and, and Joe, they just demolished them. Yeah. And it, it didn't take much time, but they just demolished them. And the fact, the reason I like it is because we still don't know what this is. Yeah. We, we don't have, we still don't have answers, but answers about the whole Triple H thing. And we haven't really seen Joe with Triple H since right. either. So we don't know what this thing like. We know that it's like they have an alliance, but we don't know what this alliance is. So it's still it's still like leaving us lingering questions of like, okay, what are we going to what are we going to know what this is? Yeah, they got a couple weeks to fill in the blank mm-hmm. before WrestleMania. But I don't think we're going to get it at WrestleMania. I think it'll be f- maybe for the night after WrestleMania because Triple H is going to be stuck with Seth. Mm-hmm. Owens has Jericho. Joe, who knows what he'll probably do. He, at this point, he'll probably be in the Battle Royal or whatever. But Foley even teased a little bit. He said, you're not a creator. You're All you're doing is creating an army for yourself. So he even teased that a little bit. Like I liked that they had that line in there. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, we haven't gotten any answers. We haven't seen them together. But we know that there's something up. Yeah, because um, I don't know if you've seen the, the rumor around about, about Pete Dunne from the UK tournament coming to the WWE mm-hmm. roster and being with Joe... Um, Owens and Triple H. Wow, that'd that's, be big for him right th- off the bat. Yeah, th- that that was like, th- that's the rumor. That's the hot rumor going around. I can't, I can't shoot it down yet. But it could happen or it could. It not. could not, could happen, but it could not happen. <laughs> great, great, great reporting. Yeah, <laughs> from a former writer for yeah, TGI Wrestling. You. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm intrigued to see what this is going to be because like they kept these guys together, but we haven't heard anything about these two together. Mm-hmm. Um. I also yeah. heard James Elworth might might get drafted and join the, the faction. We can only hope. They need a Mac Daddy in the group. So <laughs> who who couldn't use a Mac Daddy in their group? No, everybody needs a like, Mac Daddy. Jeez, that's why I'm part of a lot of groups. <laughs> yeah, you put the Mac in SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You know it. <laughs> um, Jericho had the interview with the guy I just referred to as some guy. I don't know his name. Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. Yeah, he, does, he has been named finally. He is Tom Phillips. Um, I loved. Him say, "Well, the revenge of I will get the revenge of Jericho. I'm gonna pay him back, man. <laughs> awesome. Um, he's gonna have the real KO on the highlight reel, which I'm not sure what that means exactly. Um, you're gonna want to watch it. Uh, but yeah, he calls him Tom Phillips. You know what happens when you don't even know your own name? <laughs> I was dying when he said that. You know what happens when you don't even know your own name? And of course, Tom Phillips made the list." Felipe made the list. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the story's already there, but like the, a lot of nice little detail being added to it right now. And just good entertainment from both of those guys because they're both very entertaining. And I can't wait for this match. I can't wait to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what kind of hijinks either one of these guys are going to... Because, I mean, these guys right now hate each other. So this is not just a match. This is a blood feud like yeah. you, you always like to talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Roman, The Undertaker, and Braun, unless you have anything else you want to add to Owens and Jericho. It. <laughs> that was good enough. That was all it needed. Um, move it on, man. Yeah, move it on, man. Yeah. Uh, Roman and Jinder Mahal. <laughs> 
why that had to be a match, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Was that a punishment for Jinder Mahal? Or no, he was trying to prove himself, right? He's trying to put over Reigns. That he didn't need to be, that he shouldn't be fired. <laughs> um, the Taker Gong distracts Roman. Um, Roman wins with a Superman punch, calls out Undertaker, and then we got a surprise visit from HBK. Had that been reported anywhere? No. Yeah, I thought it was a good surprise. I did too. Um, was, was this good for you as it was for me? Loved it. And I loved that it. it actually, there was substance to it. It wasn't just, let's trot HBK out here. It was like he came out there for a reason. And I thought he actually, I thought he did a good job of advancing Roman Reigns' character in this promo. Like him talking about, you know, clearly Undertaker's in your head already and he's going to eat you alive at WrestleMania. Uh, I've been here before. Um, you don't know what it's like to be in the ring with him. And he said, everybody's asking me what it's going to be like to be in the ring with The Undertaker. He should be asking himself what it's going to be like to be in the ring with me. Great line. That's like the attitude Roman Reigns should have. Um, I liked that HBK was relating to Roman so much, saying, I'm on your side, and I, I want to see you succeed here. And then him ultimately, ultimately saying, like, The Undertaker retired you. Now I'm going to be the one who retires him. I thought this was actually a really good segment. Um, before I get to how it ultimately ended, uh, did you did you like just the HBK aspect of this, or did you like the whole package that they put together here? I would probably go with the whole package because HBK furthered the story and made you more interested in the HBK Reigns match. Um, I'm mean, HBK Undertaker uh, yeah. Reigns match uh-huh. made you more interested in that. You so. just wish it was Taker and HBK. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I can't, I can't lie about that. I was kind of pictured in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the whole thing was it was you know kind of furthering the story, which is kind of what I wanted to see. Yeah. Halo. It furthered the story because um, the, the gong goes off, but Roman t- t- Mike. Okay, HBK was the perfect guy for Roman to dismiss mm-hmm. because. Everybody loves HBK. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to get him even more on the bad side of yeah. the crowd, that is the guy the to per, Yeah, the perfect guy for him to dismiss is Shawn Michaels. And Especially when Shawn is trying to help him. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we got that more cocky uh, Roman Reigns saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, uh, he retired you, I'm going to retire him. So we got the more cocky Roman Reigns because he's really confident he's going to beat the Undertaker or something. But my thing is, how do we get here? <laughs> like, like, what is this? Like, why? Like, you mean why HBK or why is Roman Reigns in the Undertaker yeah, in this situation? Yeah, Roman Reigns in the Undertaker. Like, how did we get here? It's, I, I don't know. They Because they, they get in their own way. Because, like, the pay-per-view was, what, two weeks ago or last week? Le, um, le, two week, weeks ago. Two weeks ago now. So my thing was, okay, okay, you, you, built, you built off of that on the, the Raw after Fastlane, but nothing was even said between the two except for, this is my yard now, whatever. And now next week is the penultimate episode before the go home show for WrestleMania, and we haven't even heard Undertaker talk about Roman. We kind of haven't really talked, heard Roman talk about the Undertaker. The fact, the only thing has been really said is the planet is the gong goes off and he's in Roman's head already. Mm-hmm. But other than that, what is this about? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if this is about maybe. WWE is deciding to embrace like the dark side of Roman Reigns. I don't know if they think like okay, maybe the Undertaker is the guy that gets Roman to where we want him to go. I'm not really sure. I don't cuz if you want him to be cheered, it's not the way to do it. Yeah, because they have and they have to know that. Yeah, they, they, so, th- 
they have to know that this is going to turn him heel because I remember last year after WrestleMania he came out heels. So I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm the guy. He came out di- a different he- a heelish character, more more of an edge into his character, and now it's like you have to know. That you put him against the Undertaker, you have him dismissing Shawn Michaels of all people. Mm-hmm. You put him against the Undertaker, which I mentioned, I think he may actually win. Mm-hmm. I could see him winning. Yeah, I think he's. I think he may actually win that match. I'm leaning more towards him. Yeah, I think he will. Kind of ending the Undertaker career. Yeah, yeah. it's like you kind of have to know that this is going to get a, a heel reaction, mm-hmm. and, and you have to turn him full fledged heel after this, because Finn Balor's coming back. You got Rollins at the top of his game right mm-hmm. now. From a reaction yeah, standpoint. Hopefully he remains there. Yeah, hopefully he remains there. So you kind of have to know what you're going to expect out of this. So I would think he's turning heel. I. Well, yeah, because he's not going to get cheered. Yeah. And I, I still. I won't believe him being a heel until I see it. But it would not. I almost don't know what other option they have at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course. The segment ends with Roman walking away from HBK and getting absolutely demolished by Braun Strowman, which, and again, this is not a good sign for the guy you want to be your top babyface, that the whole crowd is chanting, thank you, Strowman. <laughs> yeah, it's an awful... <laughs> for taking uh, out... Awful your, song, awful song. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not what you want, ideally. Yeah, and then next week, I think that Roman and Strowman, they have a match next week. It's just a plain match, which I thought was a mistake. It should have had some kind mm-hmm. of stipulation, but I think... Strowman wins that match because some Undertaker element comes into the, comes yeah. comes into play in that match. I think Strowman wins, so that can so that can even follow up the story of how the Undertaker and Roman's had. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, now, is this going to end up being a triple threat match, or is this going to be a straight Roman Reigns Undertaker match? I don't know because I don't know what you do with Braun Strowman if he's not in that match. Yeah, because like where, like, where does he go? Because there's a few guys on his roster. Like, where do they go for WrestleMania? It's like, even Samoa Joe. We were saying, Sami Zayn, what are they going to do at yeah, WrestleMania? Yeah, you can throw though? a bunch of people just into the Battle Royal, though, which is kind of kind of a copy-out move. Yeah, Strowman, to me, it's like you've invested too much in him to just put him in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah, because we're not even getting a million-man march ladder match this year, so <laughs> what are you going to do with these guys? Yeah, that we know of yet. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost impossible to get one, but... Who knows what they'll pull out. But oh, I have no doubt that they can find a way to get a million guys in a ladder match they'll if fit that's it. what they want. They'll fit it. <laughs> yeah, they, they will find a way if that's what they want. Uh, women's division. Yeah. We had Sasha win a pretty underwhelming match against Dana Brooke. Um, I didn't like... It has really annoyed me that they cut off Sasha's entrance. Yeah. Like that's that's part of wrestling. That's part of what you're watching for. <laughs> and one of the best parts of Raw, Sasha. <clears throat> yeah, well, I don't even mean <clears throat> just her. In general, it pisses me off when you don't get an entrance. Like a person's music hitting, seeing their entrance, like however their signature style of getting in the ring. Jobber, that's part of the show. Jobber's the only one that's the the, the good entrances. Yeah, that really annoyed me. Um, Bailey was with Sasha. Charlotte was with Dana. Um, Charlotte jumped into the ring with the microphone <laughs> and basically told Dana Brooke, like, you don't even deserve to hang out with me. Um, Dana finally has had enough. <laughs> I guess that was a theme of Raw, was that people finally had enough of getting crapped on. So Dana takes out Charlotte. Um, we also had Nia Jax approaching Mick and Stephanie. She's getting a match with Bailey. This was a non-title match, correct? Obviously. Um... The best thing I liked about 
the women's division on Raw this week was Bailey started to actually look skeptical of Sasha. Yeah. Like Sasha saying, "Oh, don't worry about all the haters." Like, like is is Sasha trying to make Bailey doubt herself? Again, now I know there have been times when I've wondered, am I reading between the lines too much? Like th- they're not thinking all this stuff, but the last time I said it was when at the start of the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton thing, when I, I was really harping on. I think there's something that they're not telling us about it, and clearly that's what happened. I feel like okay, it seems like she's trying to make her doubt herself. I don't know when the turn is going to happen. I don't know if it will be at WrestleMania or before WrestleMania, but we are going to see the heel Sasha Banks. Was that what you took from it, Joey, that that was what she was trying to do, is make her doubt herself? I didn't... Or was it just kind of like, eh, they're... I can see that as you're going now. Uh, for me, it was kind of muffled the stories a little bit, is the way that, the way they did things. I mean, essentially, we're looking at the three women, and you throw Dana Brooke into this situation now. Kind of didn't clear things up for me, but no, it's a good way to look at it. Now, uh, yeah, way you point that out. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it looks different to you next week now that I that I put the uh, doubt colored glasses on. Yeah, that, that's a weird color, man. Yeah, it is a strange. I can't, color. I can't wear these glasses driving. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Alo. Yeah, um, I agree with what you said because we've been wanting Sasha to turn heel for a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially, and. Ever since Fastlane, even after she beat Nia Jax, remember she beat Nia Jax earlier in the card, and then I said, what business does she have interfering in Bailey's match with Charlotte? Because that didn't really make any sense, because Charlotte sent Dana to the back, so what business does she have down there? Even on Raw Talk, they were so happy, and I go and I, I was thinking about this earlier, I went back to the whole promo where um, Sasha was saying, when Nia destroyed her knee, saying she was, she didn't feel like the boss anymore. So, Sasha defeats Nia, Sasha, Sasha beats so Sasha beats Nia and then and then um the next night on Raw she beats Bailey. She makes Bailey tap out and then she throw and then on Raw she throws a little bit of shade to Bailey and she's been kind of throwing shade under the radar for the last yeah. few, for the last few weeks now. So it's like okay, I kind of see what they're trying to do here. You think you say you, maybe they're, maybe they're trying to get maybe she's trying they're trying to get Sasha to get Bailey to doubt herself a bit because mm-hmm. she said don't mind the haters or whatever. And Bailey's like, huh? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what haters? Yeah, what are you talking I, about? You know, like the people that say you can't do it that that you needed my help to do it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think slowly but surely Sasha is gonna become the boss mm-hmm. again and, and quote, quote unquote feel like the boss again, and then. Somewhat, somehow, someway, Nia Jax is getting in this match. Yeah. Because even when she went to Steph, it's like, okay, somehow, someway, Nia Jax is getting into this, getting into this match. I don't think we'll get. I don't think we're going to get Sasha's heel turn until after WrestleMania, maybe the night after WrestleMania, because because of the fact that's going to be the hottest crowd, and that's one of the things that everybody wants. And the the, the, the WWE, they know we want Sasha to turn heel. Yeah. I could see it. Like I said, I, I could see it similar to the whole Batista turn on Rey Mysterio thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I think Bailey's going to end up retaining at WrestleMania, and that could take away from Sasha's moment, and then I can get that, that heel turn from, from, um, from Sasha Banks. And then the whole Charlotte Dana thing, it felt a little bit odd to me because – we had to put an APB out for Dana Brooke because mm-hmm. she's been gone. Yeah, it's not like she's been the the protege all this time. It's like they just kind of throw her in there every now and again. Yeah, because if this was months ago, fine, because she was always out there with Charlotte. But for the last few for the last couple few months, since maybe since before January or whatever, you, you didn't really see since January. You haven't seen Dana Brooke hardly any much. She just really popped back up when she defended the title against Bailey. So in a way, they kind of took away from that. But you gotta give it to them. The fact that 
the fans ha- really have to hate Charlotte to cheer for Dana Brooke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I had that in my notes. It actually, Dana Brooke actually got cheered for the first time. Exactly. On the main roster. So she has to, like, they really have to hate Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I just found it perfect. Corey Graves said this could be career suicide for Dana Brooke. <laughs> He's so good. Uh, we would like to bid a farewell to Mr. Sexy Punakana, C.K. Joe Rottermill. He had to run due to a disgustingly early day at work. So we are now into the two man power trip portion of the show. Uh, we had Bailey versus Nia Jax. This was the second match of the night where someone just got themselves DQ'd for being too violent. It happened with Joe and Kevin Owens. It happened with Nia. She didn't even get a decision in this match. She loses by DQ, but she absolutely annihilated Bailey. So maybe this plays into some of Bailey's doubt that Sasha planted in her mm-hmm. head. Yeah, because Bailey didn't get the job done, and I still think I, th- I still think Stephanie's going to she she hates Sasha and and um Bailey, so I do think Stephanie's like you know what Nah, you are so dominant, you're going to be in that match at WrestleMania, it's going to be a fiddle for. And even just from a business standpoint, they want her mm-hmm. to become huge, so they're going to do everything they can to put her in the spotlight. Um, tag team division. So you also didn't see any step ups. I think any steps up for the tag team division. The tag team division took a trump. <laughs> Again. But I told you this is what happened last week. I did. But when we went over this whole section last week, I told you this. This is like that. Hey, we don't know how to book this, so go out there and get disqualified and like, take out both guys. And, and and act like you think, oh, that means we don't have to have a match. Yeah. And like the most, the, la- the most laziest writing in wrestling history. Can I just say what's extra <laughs> dumb about this? Like we all complain as fans that we have too many multi-person matches because they're trying to get everybody on this card because everybody wants to be on this card. So why the hell would Gallows and Anderson want to not be on the WrestleMania card? <laughs> like, this would be their first one. They weren't there yet for last year's WrestleMania. What sense does that make for them to not want to be on WrestleMania? Yeah, and then, like, the whole fact of, hey, we don't got to the titles now, nerd. I mean, it's, it's like... Oh, I'm tired, so tired of hearing nerd. It's, it's like, have you ever watched professional wrestling? I, I know you were in Japan, but yeah. like, have you ever watched pro- professional wrestling? Yeah, like, why wouldn't you want to be on the biggest card? Yeah. And what makes you think they wouldn't have... Oh, well, the two, the two people vying for number one contender, neither one won, so I guess we just don't have a match. Lazy. Yeah, it's stupid. It was laziest writing ever. Um, yeah, so it'll be a triple threat at Mania officially. Uh, we had the New Day talking backstage with the Big Show. This I thought was at least kind of funny. I, I love that they they just wouldn't. They basically kept the three of them kept asking Big Show questions, like <laughs> interviewing him. Every time he started to talk, they would start answering the question for him. Basically, he never got a chance to talk. <laughs> he was actually laughing during really? the segment. Yeah. Then Titus O'Neil came up, got into the middle of it, and kind of started a physical altercation with the Big Show. As in the background, you see the New Day all eating popcorn. <laughs> Um, well, we're not getting him versus Shaq, so... No, we're not. Um, and we're not getting him against Rusev either, mm-hmm. which is where, where I thought they were going after Fastlane. Um, yeah, the Big Show smoked Titus in a match shortly thereafter, which moved us on to the Cruiserweights, and TJP and Akira Tozawa versus Brian Kendrick and Tony Nese. Uh, Nice with a little help from the tights, pinned T.J. Perkins 
Eck told me last night to try to watch the main event from 205 Live, which I guess was the five-man mm-hmm. elimination match. Did you get a chance to no, watch, I didn't it? watch it? No, not watch it. I haven't either. I wanted to. I just kind of ran out of time. So I guess we could talk about it next week. He apparently loved it. Really? He texted me that before he even finished watching it. So really? that's how good it must have been. Uh, so I look forward to it. Um, we had Austin Aries against Arya Davari. He crushed Arya Davari. The crowd, it seemed like, was into Aries' entrance, mm-hmm. but they were not into the match at all. Yeah. Which I think is unfortunate. And that makes me worry a little bit. Well, he's part of the crew of the division. That's, that's the story with the whole division, anyway. And that's the, it, is Detroit like a smart city? I kind of think it is at times. I would guess so. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, it's a big city. It's in the Midwest. I would assume that the, like the the Michigan Minnesota area had a lot of historical wrestling. So I would guess that it's it's a pretty smart crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just did not seem interested in either one of these matches, unfortunately. Well, that's still the thing with the whole cruiserweight division. My hope was Aries got himself over enough where at least when he's there, they would care. Mm-hmm. It just did not seem like they did. Well, Aries did win that Fatal Five way, if you have it. He did, okay. So I assumed so, he would. So it was him versus Neville, one-on-one. So no million-man ladder match for the cruiserweight title. Wow. I'm shocked by I'm that. I am shocked, too. I thought for sure that was penciled in as, like, every cruiserweight on the... It's going to be a 25... Everybody who was in the tournament. Mm-hmm. The whole cruiserweight classic in a ladder match. Um... I'm glad to uh, to hear that. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun match. I do think that I would like to see Aries start using the last chancery again as his finish mm-hmm. and not the discus forearm. Because isn't that basically the same finisher as Chris Hero slash Cassius Ono? I think so. So give him his own unique finisher back. Mm-hmm. You don't need two guys doing the same thing, especially when it's that... Basic of a finisher. It's not like it's two guys doing something really cool. Um, Bill opened the show. <laughs> no, Brock. Oh, Brock opened the show talking about Bill. Um, I, I just don't care. I don't either. I, I, do you have any thoughts on it? Um, I mean, I like, there's no story really to build. Yeah, um, I like Heyman being completely confident in mm-hmm. Brock, even though he's lost to Goldberg twice. Well, yeah, two, twice and got eliminated, mm-hmm. like, throwing off, throw off the top rope like it was nothing yeah. at the Royal Rumble. But other than that, I don't really have much because I really don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't either. doesn't matter. Uh, anything else on Raw you want to discuss? Four minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it was that was an awesome segment. Um, so moving on to SmackDown. Um... AJ Styles opens the show looking for Shane. We had a good interaction with AJ and Daniel Bryan. AJ goes out to address the crowd, saying, I'm man enough to admit I lost to to the great John Cena. I wanted my rematch. Instead, I had to go in a triple threat match, which I lost. Then I had to go in the Elimination Chamber with five other superstars. Then I got stuck in a battle royal, which I clearly won. Then I beat uh, Luke Harper. On the other hand, Randy Orton burnt down Bray Wyatt, brought Bray Wyatt's house. Instead of going to jail, he got <laughs> rewarded with going to WrestleMania. Um, I love this promo, him saying, I put SmackDown on the map. I'm the reason you people are here. I'm the reason people are watching. And not only am I not in the main event, I don't even have a match at WrestleMania. Um, 
and I need to have a discussion with a, with uh, Shane McMahon about my career if I even have one. Awesome promo. Again, a heel who has a point because he has not been treated the most fair. And he deserves to have something at WrestleMania at this point. So, gets that point across. I'm assuming, by the way, you're shaking your head. You enjoyed this promo as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got multiple times showing him backstage, waiting by where the cars pull in for him to see Shane. Um, he ultimately attacks Shane, beats him to a pulp, puts his head through a car window, busts his head open. Um, Fit Finley was trying to get AJ to leave the building. <laughs> Uh, Shane refuses to go to the ER, but he gets dragged over to the trainer's room. Another thing I, I don't know if I liked or not was AJ in the locker room afterwards. And, like, the Uso is saying, you're, like, you're nuts. <laughs> that, maybe, like, like, we're portraying ourselves as, like, like some thugs right now. But even we wouldn't do what you just did. I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. Uh, but it did make me laugh. Um, and then Daniel Bryan actually fired AJ Styles, and he was escorted out of the building. Now, were you aware that on WWE.com they actually moved AJ yeah. Styles to the alumni page? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw that today, and I thought that was great that they actually did that, and even mentioned him getting fired. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately led to the last bit of the show after the main event, Shane walking out to the stage to address the crowd and saying, AJ is complaining that he doesn't have a match for WrestleMania. Well, he does now. I... I don't know if they really could have pulled this whole thing off any better. It was perfect. Like, they really did a great... That's two two segments on two shows where they told a whole story for WrestleMania in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was a thing throughout the night. It yeah. was less than 10 minutes, which yeah. is perfect. I love that, though, because I love... You know that's one of my favorite things, when you have a story that's a thread through the whole show, mm-hmm. and this was, and this happens to be arguably your most important guy. Mm-hmm. And a guy who's like the the CEO or whatever he is of SmackDown, um, I'm happy. While I didn't want to see AJ have a match with Shane, I mean they made me care about it. Yeah, and they made everybody care about yeah. it. Yeah, and the thing is, Shane was for AJ yeah. this whole time. Shane right. was for AJ, and AJ is <laughs> so pissed off. But Shane was like, "Hey, you should have the title shot." But circumstances happened and AJ had to fight 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 for his title shot and he, and he lost but Shane's been for AJ this whole time so Shane hasn't really legit had a gripe against AJ AJ made him have a gripe against him mm-hmm. against him against against him so I thought this was perfect way to build heat for AJ and everybody's going to cheer for AJ and all but this actually makes him look like a legit villain because everybody loves Shane McMahon because Shane, Shane McMahon is one of those beloved characters is there any way that Daniel Bryan can help get this turned around or no turn around how as far as getting aj some heat because people don't want to boo aj is there any role daniel bryan can play to actually get the heat on aj because i even love that part where he told him he was a coward for Uh what he did like i know you're pissed off but like you you look like a coward for what you did tonight um do you see any way they can they can try to get more heat on AJ, or they, we just have to live with the fact that he's going to be getting cheered and we're going to hear AJ Styles' chance? If Brian could get physical and take a bump, that's the only way I could really think they would get heat on AJ. That's, like, that's what I'm wondering. That is the only way yeah. that it could happen. 
Because he could he could do anything to Shane, and nobody's going to be upset. Yeah, but Daniel Bryan, like, he's beloved. He can't do any wrong in anybody's eyes. Uh, maybe maybe if he like even he's if, another one that he's got. You, he couldn't have much more sympathy to him based on his circumstance. Yeah, if they don't if they don't get physical, I could see him talking about Bree or his unborn daughter. Yet I could see that, but talking about your child, that your unborn child and your family, that's that that can get you heat. But I don't think that'll get the Oh my God! He like getting physical with Dan Bryan, knowing that he can't take those physical bumps. Yeah, like he couldn't do anything to. He's not going to give him a Styles Clash or anything like that. I don't know what exactly. He that could do. might be the no. Like you can't because you have to tuck your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not want to see him take a Styles Clash. Yeah, uh, I could maybe see a phenomenal forearm because he doesn't have to actually make any contact with him on it. Mm. Uh, I I don't know what they could do, and I'm not. Saying that they're definitely going to do it, but if I actually, if they could do that, as much as I know I'll be cheering for AJ, if they could find a way to get Daniel Bryan to put some heat on AJ, I think that'd be amazing. And one of the best things they would have accomplished so far this year. Yeah, but it, it, the most heat you would get is physical, but I do, I do think he'll take a shot at Bree and his daughter. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to see Daniel Bryan take a bump, but that, that was kind of where I was going with it. Is like, that is the way you could make him a true heel in in this match. Um, Randy Orton wanted to address Bray Wyatt. I devised a plan to get close to Bray, to be a member of the Wyatt family, which I still think it kind of worked out a little too conveniently. Um, I took the one thing Bray loved the most. His power was stripped away. The new face of fear was now afraid. Now he's alone. I'll take everything from Bray. Bray shows up on the screen, baptizing himself in Sister Abigail's ashes all over his arms and face for whatever reason, Um, agreeing with Randy, saying, I was helpless and powerless until I made my way back home. Sister Abigail bestowed her power upon me. Uh, she's all seeing and all knowing. She lives through me now. I'm born again. And that kind of was where it left off. I was expecting to see Eric Rowan on SmackDown. Um, maybe even I was expecting to see Luke Harper by Bray Wyatt's side again. We didn't get either one of those things. Like, what... One, what did you think of this segment? Did you think this did anything? And two, do you see maybe the original three of the Wyatt family being reunited by the time we get to WrestleMania. I don't think it'll happen by the time I get to WrestleMania. I think it may happen at WrestleMania because like I said, we get Rowan back and then Orange out the, Orange out the, Orange out the situation too, so maybe you can actually get all three back together and that could kind of like foil Orange's plan because I've been saying for the longest time, Randy Orton went through all this. If he loses, he did all this for nothing. Mm. <laughs> and, and and that's kind of the booking problem, the booking problem they have. I think Bray Wyatt should win this match because we always talk about how he doesn't win these big matches, and this is a match that he he should have won and can actually make or break him because this is his, his, this is his first title run and all. I didn't like the whole Ashes thing. Like I did like that the way Orton started the promo saying about the Viper mm-hmm. when the Viper strikes. I thought that was perfect because yeah. you hit on you talked you touched on that last week mm-hmm. about how he talked about the Viper the snake. It, He'll strike at any time when the time yeah. is right. I did like that aspect, but the whole like, and I like that Bray was actually on site mourning the um, 
the cabin being burnt down yeah. in Sister Abby. I did like that, but that whole ashes thing, I, I didn't really need all that. Yeah, like, I don't know what that's going to do. Is it going to add some type of supernatural element that yeah. we haven't seen yet? Like, I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah, in order to say you could learn a lot from the Viper. That's exactly yeah. what you said. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that part. I think he continued to tell that story. And uh, obviously, he really hammered home what the stakes are of, you know, we're actually, we may not be the main event. We may be behind these two part-timers, but... He's the WWE champion, and I'm going to take that from him. Just like I took something else that was very precious to him. Who, do, If you had to pick right now, who do you think is the WWE champion on the Tuesday, after, the SmackDown after WrestleMania? Hmm. It's kind of hard. Because Randy Orton doesn't need it, but like I said, if... If if there's no outside involvement from the from from a returning Eric Rowan and Mex- and Harper coming back together to to to, form, to reform the Wyatt family and then this whole Sister Abigail thing they're playing this out because like I said it's like what importance is Sister Abigail because they don't he hardly ever ever mentions her I don't think we're gonna get a a supernatural Sister Abigail appearance or whatever but I would think Bray Wyatt needs to win because like I said if Randy Orton if Randy Orton loses this match, it has to be for a certain reason, and the, the numbers he may have to outdo him, mm-hmm. so his plan backfired on him. Because essentially, if he does this for nothing, if he loses, if he loses his match clean, he did this for nothing. Yeah. My feeling is just, did you need to invest from September through April to put a championship on Randy Orton at this point? Like, I don't feel like we needed a, a seven, eight, eight-month story to get Randy Orton a title again. Um, so I, I actually am leaning towards him winning. I just don't see really what what the ultimate goal of that is. Like you're not. It's not like Randy Orton is a name like John Cena, where oh Randy Orton's the champion. Let me start watching SmackDown again. He's not that. I don't think he's a ratings draw at this point. So I just don't see what the upside really is at that point. Uh, women's championship. We had Mickey James face off with Alexa Bliss. Alexa did the KO. That's why I'm the champ, <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, of course, it was a non-title match, so Alexa Bliss lost. We had Becky Lynch and Natty. Becky got a win. Carmella came out and took out both of them. With Ellsworth tagging along, which was great. Still on the show in 30 seconds. Yeah. So, uh, still selling the neck. Uh-huh. Still selling the neck. And kind of announcing, like, yeah, I have a part to play in this SmackDown Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 2, which I thought was good. I thought it was a good a good choice to have her do that. Um, how are you feeling about the women's division on SmackDown right now? I'm still high on the women's division, but this week just felt real flat for me. Like, the Becky... Natty match we've seen that before, and it's it's what it's what it's, that though their matches are what they are at this point. And uh, I was excited for Mick, for Mickey James and Alexa Bliss, but that match felt flat. There a wasn't much flat to, to it. Me. It was not and much there was to nothing it. eventful really. The, the most eventful thing was Carmella. Yeah. Uh, on on Tuesday, um, Intercontinental Championship. Not a whole lot. We just got an interview between Corbin with Dasha saying he didn't cross the line by what he did to Dean Ambrose. He had to put him down. WrestleMania is going to take his title and put him down for good. I don't know if I fast forward. We didn't see Dean Ambrose, right? No. 
when do you see when do you think we see him? The Tuesday before SmackDown? I mean, the the, the Tuesday before WrestleMania. I would think next week because maybe maybe um Amber Corbin has a match. I, I said maybe I said they could do this this week. Well, last week I said they could do this this week. Have Corbin finally have a match because Corbin hasn't wrestled in a while, and then have Ambrose make his return and they actually book the Intercontinental Title match for WrestleMania. Yeah. Um. You have any doubt Corbin's the Intercontinental Champion after I think, WrestleMania? I think he wins. I can't see them not doing that. I feel like they have to. Uh, we actually got a tag team match. On this Smackdown. was the most oddest main event in SmackDown ever. There or in wrestling no, history. There was no story that led to it. There was not, they, they even mentioned it until after the Bray Wyatt segment. Yeah, both teams had been off TV for the last two episodes. And then all of a sudden they're in the main event in a non-title match. Which the Usos obviously won because the champion always loses a non-title match in WWE. Yeah, I don't even really have anything to say about it. It just kind of underwhelmed me, which is really disappointing based on the steam that the Usos had gotten just from one quick promo after an American Alpha match. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say that they ruined it, but they definitely did not do them any favors no. by just letting it die for two weeks. Yeah. What's what do you think the tag match is? What is the tag match going to be for SmackDown at WrestleMania? We who don't know yet. Who knows? I feel like this is a match that needs to just be the Usos against American Alpha. But they beat them, so they they probably get a title shot. It's just a matter of when. Well, they did say <coughs> they're they're in the title picture now, which I guess that's all it takes is winning a non-title match. And then in everybody's favorite SmackDown story, <laughs> the Miz and Maurice. Versus Nikki Bella and John Cena. The match made official by Daniel Bryan. We had a Miz TV segment where he had been hyping up the guests. It was going to be a very special Miz TV. And the guests were Miz and Maurice. (laughs) And they just kind of told the crowd everything we already know about why they want to get at Cena and Nikki. Basically, Maurice says, she was my best friend. She stabbed me in the back. She She cost me my... Total Divas contract. Um, how did you like this segment? Um, this segment was good, but it was the weakest, I think, mm-hmm. out of all of them. Um, I, I haven't watched Total, Div- Total Divas this season, so I know Maurice came, just came on this season, so I know that there was still a bit of a story between her and the Bells. Yeah. I don't know what it is because, I, like I said, I haven't watched this mm-hmm. season yet. But I did like. Think it was, I did think it was good because we know the Miz is great with John Cena, but we didn't know. We didn't really know. To the people that don't watch Toad was what Maurice's great with Nikki Bella was. So they both actually have legitimate stories against both mm-hmm. the guy because because Miz is kind of the guy that gets every he does all the Cena stuff too, yeah. but it's not as promoted as John yeah. Cena because as Dan Bryan put it put it on put on on total on talking smack last week and we finally got a gripe for Maurice against Nikki Bella because she said it was supposed to be, be the Bellas me and Kelly Kelly but. They try to get, they try to get more money. The Bells took it and left Maurice and left Maurice hanging. Yeah. But I do think it was the, the weakest segment out of the four. But it was still good and it was still good, still effective. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought Daniel Bryan played a great part in it, <laughs> with him coming out saying there was nothing special about this edition. This was the same Miz TV as you do every time, um, and basically saying telling the Miz every single thing you do makes me want to punch you in the face. <laughs> Imitating my moves poorly. Yeah, <laughs> that was one. great. That was awesome. Um, officially announced a WrestleMania match as the ultimate face punching extravaganza. So we now know for sure that that match is going to happen. Was SmackDown better than Raw again this week? 
only because it was two hours. Because I think a lot of SmackDown really fell flat for me. Because the only thing we were really excited about was the backstage stuff. Yeah. You know, well, the Miss TV thing and the AJ Shane thing. Anything from an in-ring perspective, storyline-wise, we didn't really care for. We got some build, but we didn't really care for. Like I said, American Alpha and the Usos, they went into the most awkward main event ever in wrestling history, I think. Cause it wasn't even announced until yeah, it was very 940. Weird. It was like, what I is, was like, definitely taken this? aback by that. Yeah, because I, like I, I, I watched Madden before. This is Wednesday. I watched Madden before I came here. And I'm like, I'm watching. I'm like, okay, I know what the main event was, but why? <laughs> why is it the main event? Yeah, they're strange. The only time we saw the Usos is when they told AJ Styles he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Who's so crazy? Yeah, so crazy. <laughs> um, the yeah, I thought it was better as well. Again, it wasn't the best SmackDown we've had, but I thought it was a good episode. I fast forwarded right through the Ziggler, Mojo Rally segment. I'm assuming I didn't miss anything. No. Okay, good. Um, any other thoughts on SmackDown? I mean, we're, we we kind of ran through everything. Still better. Than yeah, it was. <laughs> Um, before we move on to questions, um, I still have not gotten a chance to catch up on NXT. Uh, what uh, what is have what is NXT up to at the moment? Okay, so on, obviously they're building towards a big show too. Yeah, on this past I have to try to get caught up this weekend. Yeah, on this past episode of NXT, um, Ty, Ty Dillinger he's supposed to go one on one Eric Young. Eric Young sends Sanity to the back. When he sends Sanity to the back, they bring out Roderick Strong, and they, he's already beat Sanity beat him up. So he yeah. they drag him back from the backstage area, <clears throat> and then no way no way Jose comes down and make and, and helps Ty Dillinger eight to Roderick Strong, and then they they have a little brawl whatever, and Sanity's standing tall. I meant to send you this. Um, Billy Kay and Perry Royce they had a segment at the performance center with their award. They were trying to find a place to hang it, <laughs> and um they went into the to the um the performance the the, the ring area where the rings are and the weight room is. Mm, I think I saw a brief clip of this. Was this where they saw Ember Moon in the yes. weight room and she yeah. came around? Okay. Yeah, because they were trying to find out where to put the yeah. the hanging trophy. They, they weren't hanging next to the Dusty Trophy. Yeah, and then Ember Moon comes around and Ember Moon defeats um Billy Kay. Billy Kay is fine with that injury because it's what she injured mm-hmm. her neck off the stunner. But Billy Kay is fine. She's been wrestling ever since, so she's okay. And the the Ely brothers and uh, they got. A, the Ely brothers are back again. Yeah, they put, yeah, but the thought of the pain shut that down. They they attacked him, I believe. That somehow I did see. Yeah, because Joey was watching him. Ah, that's week. right. Yeah. So we did see that, and then Shinsuke Nakamura defeated TJP. Okay, so that's where we're at right now. Um, did you read by any chance what happened tonight? It was supposed to be yet? Bobby Roode versus Cassius Ono for the NXT title. I know. But you know Bobby Roode's going to retain the title, mm-hmm. and it's now officially Bobby Roode versus Shinsuke Nakamura at Takeover Orlando. Where does Shinsuke go from there? Is that his swan song? Um, I don't know because they promote they're promoting the the Europe the UK tour for NXT, and Nakamura was on the poster. Huh. So we have no evidence that he's going to be in NXT after this. Yeah, because like for a post for a poster that far ahead mm-hmm. for June. You would think you would put your top guy on there. Yeah, that's what that's what I would think. But the fact that he's not on that poster, like Oscar's on there, but they get to easily take her off. But Nakamura wasn't even being promoted. I just think it's time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else he could do with him there. Yeah, like what else can you possibly have for this guy in NXT? Like, I don't I don't really need to see him in some big extended feud with Bobby Roode. I don't need to see him doing anything with any. I I just think it's time. To, to yeah. move him up, whether it's at WrestleMania, whether it's that Monday, I mean, because I could see them having some surprise call-ups 
that Monday, mm-hmm. Shinsuke being one of them. I, I just think they, they have to do it sooner rather than later. Um, how about some listener questions? What do we got? Uh, we got a few questions from the Godfather, Joe Lafferty. Okay. I'm struggling with this a lot and contradicting myself as well. I love WrestleMania season. However, has it gotten too big? CM Punk said in his documentary that he always thought the top heel, top heel should work with the top babyface. I want Cena and AJ again, and more important, they deserve it. I also think that Roman and Strowman deserve it on Mondays. Instead, we're getting a hodgepodge of part-timers and a very lackluster SmackDown title match. What is the answer? This will never be a, be a work-rate company, but at what cost? Yeah, I actually wrote an article about this last year, right before WrestleMania, where, to me, it's like it's your biggest show of the year. You should be paying off your biggest stories of the year at WrestleMania. But what's happened is WrestleMania has become wrestling's version of the Super Bowl, which is it doesn't matter who the teams are. It doesn't matter what players are in the Super Bowl. Everybody goes somewhere to watch the Super Bowl. Half the people there are paying more attention to the commercials or placing side bets than the actual game. I think that's what WrestleMania has become. Like A lot of people who don't really care about wrestling will tune in, and WWE just tries to make it as big of an event as they can. I do think it hurts a lot of the wrestling product. I think it hurts some of the talent. But unfortunately, that's, that's just what it is. I don't think it's the best thing but I do think that they are trying to make SummerSlam almost like what Wrestlemania is supposed to be like it's a huge event that's more about the wrestling than you know just a bunch of people who don't watch every week tuning in so I, yeah I don't think it's the best thing but I think it's just it's never going to change it's only going to keep <clears throat> getting bigger Yeah, but it is it is too big and it takes a lot of the importance off of it I even think when I was watching WrestleMania 23 a couple weeks ago, it felt like watching it, it felt more significant than watching WrestleMania in Dallas felt last year. Like I feel like a lot of the luster has come off it. I don't know. What, what do you think about it? Yeah, I agree because I like your analogy, the whole Super Bowl thing, because yeah. WrestleMania does sell itself, essentially. But, you know, I'm a big advocate of Put your best product forward every every time because mm-hmm. I know Laugh hates the term B B level pay per views, yeah. but but it doesn't matter. Put your be- put your your best product forward mm-hmm. every time, even though that you have any competition now, so you don't have to do that all the time. Because WrestleMania, it's like okay, like said, WrestleMania sells itself. So we're saying we're getting like people think Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar is a spectacle and that'll actually sell, but the thing is, people do care about it because WrestleMania is actually to kind of show that. If you don't watch wrestling, one except one day a year, that one day a year you watch wrestling is WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. And that could easily drag you back in, or, or, or just not have you watch again until next WrestleMania. Yeah, you could say, okay, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> or also, you'd be like, my God, I've been sitting in front of this for seven hours now. What am I doing? I'm not going to watch this again. Mm-hmm. And then next year you might watch WrestleMania again. But yeah, there's like a certain point where it drags. I, I just think somebody tuning in who doesn't watch wrestling every week, they see Brock Lesnar and Bill as the main event. Are you really getting excited for that? Mm-hmm. 
It, now, if those guys fought in the UFC, sure, people would buy that pay-per-view. But I, I don't see how that is a draw, how that's going to get you ratings going forward. And Prep actually texted me last week, I think, because there was a report that like the ratings had, had increased that last episode that Goldberg was on. But if you look at the ratings for that night and you look at the ratings from this time last year, they're down. Mm-hmm. So he's not some big ratings boost. Like, yeah, you might get a couple hundred thousand more people on a certain week, but it's not like he's attracting all these eyes to the product. I don't think many people really care all that much about him, mm-hmm. except people who probably are already watching. Yeah. Um, or, or, or the older nostalgia fans. But also at the same time, <clears throat> I think WrestleMania has gotten too big too because... The show drags so much throughout the year just because they're trying to save the tiniest thing for WrestleMania. Right. Like, for example, the women's division. They, they, it's been horrible for months. Well, on Raw. It's been horrible for months just yeah. to get to WrestleMania. Wait, wait, possibly waiting for a Sasha Banks heel turn. Triple H Rollins waiting six, seven months <laughs> yeah, for so a payoff long. from September to get to April. Really? Mm-hmm. You're in drag and give us bad TV for that long just to get to WrestleMania. Yeah, there's no... The whole show suffers. Well, yeah, and Eric, I know, has talked about this numerous times. Always be telling your bet the best story you have. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily always save it for this thing down the line because you don't know if somebody's going to get hurt. You don't know if both people are going to get hurt. You have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe somebody gets suspended for violating the, the wellness policy. You have no clue. If you, if you are in September planning for WrestleMania, there's a lot of stuff that can happen from September to April that you have no control over. Yeah. So if you have your story, I get having a blueprint and having a plan of what you want to do, but don't hold off on everything just for that. Yeah, and then Eric always mentions this too. I don't know if he ever picked up on this. If you picked up on mm-hmm. this, a lot of th- a lot of times he says is, oh, well, it should happen at Mania. It should happen at Mania. Yeah. Change him at- Everything's not going to happen. Everything can't happen at WrestleMania. Yeah. Every title can't change hands at WrestleMania. <laughs> Every special thing can't happen at WrestleMania. You That's have true. 11 other months that you can have things happen. Yeah, and now at this book point... properly. Now at this point, you have 16 to 20 pay-per-views every year. So you got to make those entertaining. So don't wait for one. You could always come up with something cool to do at WrestleMania. Not to mention, it doesn't even matter. Because people are watching because it's WrestleMania. It doesn't even matter who the main event is. Nobody's tuning in to see Brock and Bill. People are tuning in because it's WrestleMania. And while I'm on the subject, it really annoys me. And it's one of the stupidest things that they took the number off WrestleMania. <laughs> this is the one to feel old. Yeah, well, <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Like, does the Super Bowl feel old because it's, like, up to 50 or whatever? It's, like, it's a tradition. So why not show some pride in the fact that you've built all this history with this event, that it has survived this long, that it's gotten bigger for this long. It's, it's just, it's very silly to me and senseless. And I will never call this WrestleMania anything other than, what is it, WrestleMania 33, right? Mm-hmm. You can't even, you don't even know anymore. Because yeah. you don't, I will never call this anything other than WrestleMania 33. <laughs> we'll never just call this event WrestleMania. Uh, what else does the Godfather have? A return of over-under, but it's a little bit different this week. Okay. Having a manager, underrated or overrated? I'm going to say underrated. 
because I feel like you don't have as much of it anymore, and I feel like it adds a lot, um, especially if the person is good. Like we talked about uh, Heyman in Lesnar's corner at WrestleMania 30. How much did he add to that match? Um, I know you, we don't want to consider her just a manager, but like you've always said this when during a Triple H match. China was always part of the match. Like you always knew what was going on with China because she could do anything. Um, I think a manager is underrated. I would like to see more good managers. Yeah, I think it's a manager is underrated because a lot of times the manager makes the person. <laughs> and like you said, Heyman, like little details. Like we love Heyman because of those little details. And Heyman's a manager. Yeah. So Heyman arguably is one of the most over guys in the company as a manager. Yeah. So an advocate. An advocate. <laughs> not a manager. An advocate. But said so a manager can, can also make or break you. They, they could be your mouthpiece. They could just do shenanigans on the outside to get attention. Mm-hmm. So a manager is overlooked, and they also they also they also can easily pay, play a factor into your matches. So that I think is underrated, and he had that as underrated as well. Yeah, for okay. managers. Special guest referee. Underrated. I would I believe we were talking about this for Mania twenty three how much Stone Cold added to that match. WrestleMania 28, how much Michaels added to that Undertaker-Triple H Hell in a Cell match as a special guest referee. Uh, there have been matches where you know Shane or Vince have added a lot to a match as a special guest referee. I think it's always interesting. I mean, Ken Shamrock, was he, what was he, the, the referee? WrestleMania 13, Austin Bretton, Austin, Brett. right? Um, I think underrated. I think very underutilized. I now should everybody should every match have a special guest referee? Absolutely not. But when they do it, it typically is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. It's underrated because because sometimes like they 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 they'll throw it away and well they used to throw it away mm-hmm. in like a random guys two girls one guy thing. Yeah, love triangle thing. They always mm-hmm. they try to do that. But um, as long as it's importance, like you said, the Ken Shamrock. Austin Brett thing and Vince or Shane because they will always be affili- affiliated with that person yeah. and then you never know where they're going to go. I remember the first, well, the first, was Smack, not the first episode, but the inaugural episode when SmackDown became in syndication. Yeah. It was The Rock versus Triple H for the WWF title. Shawn Michaels, Rock is about to win. He hit the rock bottom, he sent his people's elbow. Shawn Michaels cost him the WWF title because mm-hmm. he hit him with Sweet Chain Music, Judgment Day 2000. Michaels rings the bell and get, mm-hmm. calls the rock the title because yeah. that gave Triple H a fall for disqualification. And then re- more recently, AJ Lee with Dan Bryan, CM Punk, even Triple H with, when um, it was Triple H and, and Cena. They mm-hmm. play a role because because at the same time, eyes are on them, and the outcome is still in their hands. So they're became they're becoming more of an important component in the match and in the story because at the same time it's like okay, what's he gonna do? Because they actually they they actually built as an important role in the story. Mm-hmm. So you're in the back of your head, it's like, okay, what's he going to do? Is he going to close right down the middle? Is he going to screw his? Oh, he, he's he's on this guy's side. Oh, these guys are best friends. These guys, these guys hate each other. He hates them. Or would he count three for him? It happens. Like <clears throat> perfect example. I know we talked about Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was referee at SummerSlam '97. Mm-hmm. Taker and Brett. He didn't want to count three for Brett, but he did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I believe it, it was his fault that Taker lost mm-hmm. that match. T- yeah, lost he with two. the chair. Yeah. And he, he counted three, and he walked right out the ring. Yeah, <coughs> underrated. Glad we agree on that. What's the third one? I know it always comes in threes. Yep. The streak. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Ah, uh, man. 
because it did get a lot of play. It overshadowed a lot of other things on WrestleMania cards. So I'm halfway tempted to say overrated. Like, no, I can't go down the middle on this one. I, I think, though, now that the streak has been over for a couple years, and it's definitely not talked about anymore as far as still being a thing, I think I may go with underrated because how many guys are going to be in 21 WrestleMania matches, let alone be 21-0? So I know it's not like a quote-unquote real competition, but 21-0, that kind of... We'll never see that again. Mm-hmm. So I think I have to say underrated. I'll say underrated too because this is sports entertainment and WrestleMania is your biggest show. And the entertainment becomes synonymous with WrestleMania because of that. So that one time of the year, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get an Undertaker match. Mm-hmm. And you know he's actually like a, he's a part of the draw of WrestleMania. You think of WrestleMania, you think, the, you think the Undertaker. And you're kind of always like, okay. Who's Undertaker you want to face? You probably most of most of the time before he lost to Brock, <coughs> most of the time he was against a maybe an up and coming guy yeah. or 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 like somebody you could actually have a legitimate gripe that can actually beat him. And you always be like, okay, maybe maybe he actually lose this match. And as the years went on, there was an argument like, okay, this you he might actually lose this match. He fought Triple H twice. You thought he might actually lost that match. Yeah. He fought Shawn Michaels. You thought he was actually gonna lose that match because it was title. It was. Streak versus career. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, he he may lose this match. Yeah. Twenty five. Russell May- Shawn Michaels wrestles a perfect match. Is Taker going to lose this match? Mm-hmm. It's like you don't know. It be- after a while, it be- it built mystique. Like we said, Vince just fell into it. Like we got something here. Yeah. So it builds like actual actual mystique and it intrigue. It's like okay, WrestleMania is coming. I don't think have a match. He has the streaks undefeated WrestleMania. I have to watch this. Mm-hmm. So that's so, so the streak actually became more of a selling point a selling point to the WWE's Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. We also got a question from Don from the Lowdown. Lloyd, no relation. <laughs> Still not related. Nope. How would you guys have booked Roman Reigns after the Shield breakup? Honestly, I I can't even begin to think what I would have done now for back then. All I can say is whatever WWE actually did, I would try to do the opposite. <laughs> That's the best way I'm going to be able to answer this question. How about you? It's hard because he got Roman was kind of I want to say push. Well, he did get hurt mm-hmm. after at, at um, in September. So, but at that point, the fans started to turn on him. At that point, yeah. So what I would have done was Roman would have been Seth. Roman would have been the one to turn and join the Authority, and you could have him be heel because Seth Seth was to me he was supposed to be the babyface guy from the beginning because he did all, he had all the flashy yeah. moves. He the fans were yeah, popping all the time. style. Yeah, he, he was a, he was a smaller guy because you could actually build sympathy for the mm-hmm. guy. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, you knew he, you kind of knew he was the next big thing, but I would think he would at least got a heel run first. But the only thing I really do do is switch Seth and Roman. I mean, I minded <laughs> seeing it. Who do you think takes the title off of Brock Lesnar after WrestleMania? <clears throat> um, I know there was a lot of talk about it being Finn Balor, but I I have a hard time thinking it's not going to be Roman Reigns. Like Vince wanted him to beat Roman Reigns so bad, I can't imagine he's not going to find some way to do it. <laughs> so I think it's going to be Roman. I don't think it's Roman too because I can't buy, really buy like I don't want to sound like Vince Russo, but I can't really buy Finn Balor, Demon and all beating Brock Lesnar because 
you have to think about this. Brock Lesnar lost in 86 seconds <clears throat> to Goldberg. Yeah. Got destroyed at the Royal Rumble in 20-something, in less than a minute. Got thrown over the top rope like it was nothing. What is promised to this guy? Th- that's the long-term stuff. Like, what, like, J- JR, he posted on his blog, his said on his show that Brock's contract's up next year. He would have Brock hold the title until 34. Mm-hmm. And then lose it to Roman, drop it to Roman, because that was supposed to happen in 31. Which makes sense, and I do like that, but Brock's going to be a part-time guy no matter what. Even though it'll be in last year's contract, he's still going to be a part-time guy. And for your title, that's still fairly new. You don't want it off TV that much. And then what's everybody else on the show going to do? You're going to just have the U.S. title be the main th- be the main thing? Is that going to really good, really be the main thing either? Yeah. It's, it's kind of a difficult spot difficult spot to be put in. <clears throat> I do think it'll be Roman because Roman's actually the only guy I can see beating him. But things can happen between 34 <clears throat> and now, then in 30, now in 34, but you wouldn't want to see Roman versus Brock again. But I do think it's Bro- Roman's going to be the guy. That's the only logical guy I can actually see beating him. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing it as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have anything else question-wise? Yeah, one more from him as well. Okay. Who do you think the last person going into the Hall of Fame will be? That is a really tough one. I have not thought of, I didn't realize there was still another spot left. Um, so based on having not really thought this out, not thinking it through at all, I'm just going to throw out X-Pac <laughs> only because he's the only one of the click not in there. Um, he's got a lot of history in the state of Florida. I think he had a lot of history in like Tampa and Clearwater area. So I'll say him, but I have no... Uh, no other reason to believe that other than the two things I said. <sighs> they need a Florida guy, like I said, because they always do a, a hometown mm-hmm. state guy. But who's great at coming out of Florida? I, I really don't know. Titus O'Neil. <laughs> the, the Florida Gator. I, I really don't know. Yeah, like, I heard a rumor a while ago, Christian, but I don't buy that. Is he the guy who would save his last? Mm-hmm. Is he like the type of guy you would save for a last, though? Well, they already had the headliner, so he, so he was the big bang. So anybody else is beneath Kurt Angle anyway. I'll say Christian cause just just out of because I want Christian. <laughs> he deserves it. He deserves it, and he will be in there. Underrated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with that. That's it for questions. Okay, so unfortunately, I forgot that we had to do. Round two of the bracket, so it is just myself and Alo tonight. Um, I guess we'll just alternate matchups, and whoever we want to see move on, that's who will move on. I will give you the first matchup. Alo, we have the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, against the Demon, Finn Balor. Shawn Michaels. All right, HBK making a Sweet 16 run after a... An unhappy ending to his, <laughs> his run last year in the first round. I have Brett the Hitman Hart against Ric Flair. Part of me really wants to pick Brett to get the Brett HBK matchup, but I can't help but pick Ric Flair. Too great for too long. Uh, Alo CM Punk against Kane. That's gotta be Kane. Phil. All right, Phil Brooks moves on. Lasted longer than he did in his UFC fight. I will get the Miz and Ron Simmons. 
I don't know what to do here because I had my heart set on a run by Ron Simmons. With all the arguments we've had about the Miz, I don't know how I can pick against him. But I think to make your best friend happy. <laughs> actually, you know what? No. Uh, Ron Simmons, I'm sorry. I'm picking the Miz because I hope Eric gets this matchup. Next week of Punk the Miz. Or I hope one of us gets it while he has to watch us pick the Miz. Um, all right, Alo, you got the Macho Man Randy Savage against Owen Hart. This has to hit all emotions for you. It does. I love both of these guys. I, I, I would have a really hard time with this one. Owen. Owen moves on. The Macho Man bows out before the Sweet 16. This is another tough one for me. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Mr. Perfect. I think Ted DiBiase was one of like the greatest characters of all time. But I would love to see the clinic that would be put on between Owen and Mr. Perfect. Halo, you got Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Kevin Owens heading into KO Mania 2. Which was an awesome shirt that he wore, by the way. Yes, the dragon. All right, the dragon moves on, and he will face the winner of Rob Van Dam and Kurt Angle, our defending champion, going into the Hall of Fame. I can't vote against him. I have Kurt Angle meeting up with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, another clinic that would be put on. (laughs) So Alo moves over to you, Chris Jericho against Dusty Rhodes. Jericho. I think that was a pretty easy one. I can't imagine many people would have not picked Jericho. So I got Booker T against John Cena. Now last year at this time, I believe we were still all pretty anti-Cena. Although I think Booker is very underrated. I think he's gotten a bit of a raw deal. So this is no judgment on John Cena. This is no negativity towards him. But I got to pick Booker T. <laughs> wow. Have to do it. Wouldn't well, be able to sleep tonight if I didn't. Well, John has a, mo- a movie to do. Yeah, he does. You're right. He's got to take some time off. Mm-hmm. So, Alo, you have Shinsuke Nakamura, the King of Strong Style, against the Kingslayer, Seth Rollins. It's another tough one. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I'll let Seth slay two kings. (laughs) The king of kings and the king of strong style. That is a very good way to book that. I have Jay Lethal against potential Hall of Famer, (laughs) Xbox, or the 1-2-3 kid. I will pick Jay Lethal. To move on, Jay Lethal against Seth Rollins. Uh, Next matchup, we have The Undertaker against the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. The Undertaker. <laughs> All right. Another one that I saw coming. Andre the Giant against Edge. Again, I'm very tempted to pick Andre. I feel like he often gets overlooked, and he was one of the rare guys that was actually bigger than the than the business itself. Um yeah, but I can't pick against Edge. And wow. I can't do it. Um, as much as Taker Andre would have been quite a spectacle, pretty sure everybody enjoyed Undertaker and Edge too, so we wouldn't mind seeing it one more time. 
Rowdy Roddy Piper and Eddie Guerrero. It is a shame that a lot of my like old time favorites are going <laughs> up against guys from like the last generation that I love so much. Uh-huh. So who do you got, Piper or Eddie Guerrero? Latino Heat. <laughs> All right, Eddie moves on, and I have the final matchup of the second round: Bam Bam Bigelow against Stone Cold Steve Austin. I picked some pretty massive upsets in the first round. <laughs> I can't do this one here. Okay. Austin moves on. I'm about to hit you with a goddamn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If anybody was expecting the upset there, what's well, not going to happen? So for next week, that leaves us with our final 16 of the greatest wrestlers of all time still competing for the March Mania 2 championship. We have the Heartbreak Kid against Ric Flair. Unbelievable matchup. We have CM Punk against The Miz. Another great matchup. We have Owen Hart against Mr. Perfect. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against the Olympic Hero, Kurt Angle. Y2J, Chris Jericho against Booker T. Seth Rollins against Jay Lethal. The Undertaker against Edge. And Eddie Guerrero against Stone Cold Steve Austin. A lot of difficult matchups here. Can't wait to see how it shakes out. Uh, any wrestling-related stuff you want to add before we close it out? I'll get it to it next week because I want to rewatch it. Because um, Donovan sent me something on Complex about. I watched it. Oh, you did the interview. Yeah, the interview did you watch it? I did. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. Um, you know how I feel about Rosenberg. I'm not the biggest yeah, I know. fan. Um, I, I I liked. If you want to talk about it next week. No, we we'll talk about it now. So I didn't know if you watched it. Or oh not. yeah, I watched it. Um, it's not as fresh in my mind, but so what I liked was that these are all people who are from other industries. Like they're at this event because of other things they do, who got to sit down and have like a really good conversation about wrestling. I liked some of the points that were made. I liked that the the passion that they clearly all have for the business. Um, I also liked that that they had a lot of difference of opinion based on where it is now as apparent mm-hmm. as compared to where it was before and where it's going in the future. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was interesting to watch. Because mm-hmm. I know Action Bronson, he was getting on my nerves. <laughs> but, yeah, I was debating whether I wanted to say that or not. Yeah. He just seemed like, he honestly, what he seemed to me like was a guy who who tries to be cool or tries to sound cool, and that's, to me, about the least cool thing you can do. Yeah, because he was like that, <clears throat> he, he was coming off as that kind of fan that I don't really... Just doesn't accept it for what it is. Now. Mm-hmm. He, like, he was living off the whole ECW thing and what he wanted. He just wanted to see like fights. Mm-hmm. And Wale was in in um what's the guy name the 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 guy that you don't like something Rosenberg yeah, at, Ro- yeah Pete something. Rosenberg yeah whatever um, Paul he, Pete Pete I don't know. See, Tom Phillips we'll call him Tom yeah Phillips. all right Tom Phillips <laughs> yeah but um yeah he was him and Wale they're the more they're the more hardcore fan mm-hmm. and Wale was saying how. It may be predetermined, but it's supposed to captivate your mind. Yeah. And then a lot of the people in the audience, they were they were just random fa- people. Yeah, random fa- people who just showed people. up for the Yeah, for the and, and I like the fact that they cut to them and actually like interviewed them saying, yeah. I never knew wrestling was like that. Yeah, uh, you know what? I forgot about that part of it. That was cool. Like, I didn't know so much went into it. I didn't know people thought that deep into it. Yeah. Because that is a very common misconception about wrestling. And the average person... When they find out I like wrestling or if it comes up, typically the first thing I will get is like either you still watch that yeah. 
or like, oh, well, you know, it's fake, right? It's like that is the least of why I watch wrestling yeah. because of the quote-unquote fighting. That's the last reason why I'm watching yeah. it. It's it's real. It's just a, the the matches are predetermined, but mm-hmm. everything is real. Like those bumps are real. That that man hurts. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's supposed to like you always talk about John Wick. Yeah. And the Dark Knight. <laughs> and for for some people, movies they kind of like take you out, take you into the moment. And wrestling does wrestling does that too. And yeah, if you allow it to, it will do that. Yeah, and. Sometime when I'm having a rough day, I'll turn on the WWE Network and I'll turn on some of my favorite matches, and it'll just make me feel make me feel better as a person because it, ca- it still captivates me, and mm-hmm. it's like kind of like your escape from the world because some everybody needs something to do to be an escape, and that's what wrestling is. Some people might some people might think video games, some people might like to take a walk, some people might go to, like to go to the gym. But everybody has their own thing to ca- kind of captivate them and get their mind off of things and, and put them in a better in a better mood. But I did like the fact that everybody it was just random people and actually maybe maybe because of their name cliche that they'll actually turn on wrestling now. But yeah. I don't think it should be because like oh I, I don't think it should be like. You still watch that? Well, yeah, Wally watches it. Oh, Wally watches it. <laughs> I, 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 I just hate the whole perception. Yeah, oh, Aaron Rodgers, <clears throat> when he won the Super Bowl, was wearing a World Heavyweight Championship belt. Like, it's not like we're on this weird... I mean, we are on a weird island, but it's not as weird and as exclusive as you think. Yeah, I can, I can, I can sit there and say, well, while, while they watch wrestling, LeBron James <clears throat> watches wrestling. The whole Cleveland Cavaliers team watches, watches, yeah. watches wrestling. Can I... I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, we had the guy on the Colts a couple years ago doing the Ric Flair speech. Yeah, Joel, Joel Embiid watches wrestling. Like, yeah, yeah, Joel Embiid came out and did the entrance <laughs> exactly. for God's sake. So yeah, I I did like that. It does show you that the crossover appeal that wrestling does have. Uh, it showed you that if people, because those people had no choice really but to sit there and listen to what they were saying. So they had to open their mind to what was being said, and they saw wrestling a different way when they walked out. Not, not I'm not saying those people went home and watched wrestling, but they had a, a, probably a slightly different opinion of wrestling when they walked out of there as opposed to the one that they had when they walked in. Yeah, because just because of the, the name cliche. Yeah, I think also there's like a sense of camaraderie you build with some of these guys. Like you see them every week, you see what they go through, you get to know a lot of their personality. One of the things that came to mind while you were just talking was the Rumble 2015. We obviously were there. Joey was there. Eck was there. The godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty, was there. I was actually there with both of those guys. Um, We obviously had a great time that day and that night. Started snowing that night. There was, like, the huge snowstorm in the Northeast. I came to work, like... Maybe a little bit still drunk <laughs> on, like, maybe two hours of sleep. Um, I remember going home, and Raw couldn't air that night because of the snow. They were in Stanford, Connecticut. So you got, like, a bunch of on-site, like, interviews and interactions. They replayed the Rumble match and the Triple Threat match from that night. I don't remember if they replayed anything else. But it was, like, I remember feeling, like... I was there with you guys last night, and like now I'm here with you guys tonight. There's like a weird, like connection that you build with with these guys mm-hmm. and women, um, and there's really nothing else like it. The, the, another part I like to bring in with the whole John Wick thing is like, yeah, these things are predetermined. These guys do know what the other guy's gonna do, like when he's doing it, but 
they're doing it live. No director. No director. Stunt doubles. No stunt doubles in front of fifteen to twenty thousand people watching it live in the arena, and a few million people watching around the United States, and probably I don't know ten million more people, maybe fifteen million more people around the rest of the world watching it as it happens. Like there, there's like no do over. There's no second take. Like you get to go out there and do it, and that's it. So they're doing this in front of people having to do it live in the moment. So, yeah, it's it's the only form of entertainment quite like it. It is the last really true, like, variety show type of entertainment that's left. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like seeing people give it the proper respect that it deserves. Um, is that a good place to end it? Yeah. Do you have any instructions for listeners before we go? Many throwback madnesses. Talk a lot of madness lately. Yeah, we've been talking an awful lot of madness. Yes, so far we've reviewed WrestleMania 17, WrestleMania 14, and more, most recently WrestleMania 23. We'll have another one available on Monday for you. And then the Monday after that, leading to WrestleMania. WrestleMania, we will be there. Mm-hmm. Myself, Pash, and Prep, we will, be, we will be there. Bring the babies. We kiss the babies. <laughs> all that stuff. Um... We're here, we do this every Wednesday night. Five star, five star, five star, five star, five star reviews on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitch. Yes. Very well done. Covered a lot of ground there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> also, I will be recording uh, an unsanctioned with the first ever unsanctioned guest, Derek McCauley. It should be available on Friday. Um, so I guess that's the show for... Uh, Mr. Sexy Punicano, C.K. and Joe Rodermill, for the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Bangor, Maine's favorite son, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.